So we are back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Um, we are a few days away from the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 54 between the Chiefs and the 49ers. Of course, I'm going to talk about I'm going to talk about a little bit of the Super Bowl what I think um Probably I'm probably gonna give you guys some keys to the game. Don't forget, I'm gonna give you guys my prediction. Um, the next podcast, but uh, today I'm just gonna give you guys a little bit of insight and some analysis of um, of sort. Um, we still I'm gonna talk about uh, in the beginning. I'm gonna talk about a little Kobe. Um, you know, I I, I, I described the versions of Kobe that we saw. Um, and that we all grew to love, um, but and the and, you know the evolution of Kobe. But we're gonna t- actually like go down Kobe's timeline, uh, look at it. Uh, we're gonna go a little bit more in depth of Kobe, um, <clears throat> similar to the last episode. So without further ado, let's go. Let's get ready. Let's pod. So of course, last last um episode of the Isaiah K podcast, the IKP, um we talked about of course we discussed Kobe and his passing, his his tragic passing, and um you know once again condolences goes out to uh, the Bryant family and the other families um and victims that were involved. Um we talked about Kobe, we talked about Kobe a lot. We talked about the evolution. Uh, my thoughts, we talked about what we just all remember and knew of Kobe Bryant and Shaq and Kobe in a little bit. But today we're gonna get in we're gonna get in more into depth. We're gonna get in more into depth um of the of his NBA career timeline. Um, you know, the NBA the, the, the NBA just came out with the new all star format. I'm gonna give you my um to honor Kobe. I give you my thoughts on that. <clears throat> I don't I give you my thoughts on that. But let's just like we're, we're not not quickly or briefly because I don't want to breeze over it because it's such a great story and and um it's Kobe Bryant it's Kobe Bryant and it's such a great I mean such a great and storied career I think I think he's the I think he's the greatest Laker of all time if you ask me I think he's the greatest Laker of all time. And it's a lot of great Lakers, but I think he stands out the most. He's he he's the embodiment of the Laker organization. He is the ultimate Laker, um, in my opinion. So let's get into it. So we're gonna basically just go down the timeline because I want to talk more about because I want to talk more about Kobe and what he brought to the Lakers. So. The Lakers, are, of course, is one, is one of those, I discussed it already, the Lakers are one of those teams, one of those franchises in sports where it's it's an international brand. Uh, the Cowboys is an international brand. brand. Uh, the Yankees, a uh, big brand. 
the Lakers are a big brand, and it's the you know you know no disrespect to the Celtics. I know the Celtics have a lot of titles, but let's let's be honest. Uh, a lot most of those a lot of those titles came you know wasn't in modern day. It's not in the modern day of the NBA, but from like from seventies, eighties, nineties to now, two thousands, two thousand tens, and to now. The Lakers are prop are the most you know the popular franchise, and they're the big they are the biggest brand in the NBA and in basketball. The Lakers, and I talked about how you know you know besides Kobe, uh, Magic Johnson, uh, Jerry West, Elgin, besides those great Lakers, those standout great Lakers. You know, a lot of these Laker like legends and all time greats have been like their 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 best years have been with the Lakers. Like I mentioned, Shaq. How yes, Shaq was really good in Orlando. He was an All Star type player in Orlando, one of the best centers and big big men in Orlando. But when he came to L.A., that's where Shaq became Superman. He became Diesel. He was a he was a house. He, I mean, he was already a household name, but Shaq was all he was bigger than life. Shaq, Shaq, Shaq really got a lot of his glory and they all, a lot of his a lot of his dominance took place in a Laker uniform. Same thing with Kareem. Kareem was great for the Milwaukee Bucks when he played for the Milwaukee Bucks in the seventies. He was he was he was great, but he became. He became like Kareem, the Kareem that we all know and love, uh, like literally, um, he became Kareem. His name was Lou Alcindor. Uh, so he became Kareem when he was a Laker. He won five more titles with the Lakers. He, you know, he, he can't, mo- uh, a, a good share of his points, of his 39,000 points have came, 38,000 points has come as a Laker. And, you know, and LeBron, you know, LeBron, he's already an established superstar and an established big-time brand. But LeBron playing for the Lakers now, it certainly doesn't hurt his brand. It, it, it's, it's buffered it even more. Um, so the Lakers are a big brand. Kobe coming in, 17-year-old. Gets traded, you know, dra- the, the gets drafted by the Hornets. Jerry, Re- Jerry West makes the call, trades for Kobe. Um, Jerry West already knew the kid. Jerry West already knew the guy. He already knew the 17-year-old would be the man one day of the Lakers. He knew that Kobe would be Kobe before anybody. He knew Kobe would be Kobe he knew he'd be he'd be the man calling and running the shot and calling the shots for the Lakers. So I look at Kobe and I and it was so funny because I pointed out and you know a couple of listeners thought it was funny and it, it it is funny it is funny and it but it just shows you you know what the NBA and what certain industries could do to young talents like the NBA the NBA threw Kobe into the spotlight they I mean they threw Kobe into the spotlight I I, I told you guys. He was an all-star starter before he was an actual starter for the Lakers. Like, only like the top, you know, the all-star starters, are, that's, a, that's a spot, that is a label that is, that is, you know, often on a yearly basis reserved for the, like, the, the, ep- the upper echelon of players in the league. And usually, a second-year player, uh, usually... Is not a, a, a all star starter, and the NBA put Kobe. They pushed Kobe to that threshold, such a young age, and he wasn't even a starter on the Lakers. He was coming off the bench for the Lakers. So we get that part. We get that out of the way. I talked about that the last episode. Um, you can go back and listen to it. So then you know, as Eddie, as Kobe eventually overtakes Eddie Jones. As the Lakers, as the Lakers starting perimeter guard, shooting guard, he overtakes Eddie Jones, and then that's where it all happens. Shaq and Kobe, two thousand finals. Uh, you know they they, they now mind you, previous years 
those years they were they they had some deep playoff runs but you know like i said late 90s they would run into they would run into utah san antonio couldn't get over the hump 2000 they get over the hump they get to their first finals and they win their first finals in five games over the indiana pacers and i pointed out that game 4 of that series i pointed out you know, it really solidified Kobe's superstardom. And it was like, oh, yeah, this kid is elite. He's an elite talent. And he has what it takes to be the best in this league. And that's the game. The game four where they the Lakers take a 3-1 lead. And Kobe essentially puts the Lakers on his back with no Shaq. That is the game that, I, that, that, that stands out. And that really solidifies Kobe's superstar to me. You know, they go on to win three championships. We all know what happens. Uh, you know, Shaq and the Kobe incident happened. Kobe and Shaq have their fallout. Media blows up. Um, according to the according to those two, the media really blew things out of proportion. The situation wasn't as bad as the media made it out to be the you know it wasn't that bad uh as Kobe and Shaq were would, would tell you um today on this very day it was not that bad um as the media made it but i look at Kobe you know that happened that transpired um that would be you know once Shaq left and Shaq went to Miami and you know Phil Jackson would leave as well that would be then considered the down times for Kobe and his career and the Lakers as far as winning. Numbers-wise, of course, his numbers went up. When Shaq left, of course, his numbers went up. The, the, the Lakers, you know, throughout those times, like those years in, the, you know, 05, 06, 07, those years, that, three, that little three-year gap span, the Lakers had average, they had mediocre rosters, they weren't they weren't never they weren't never championship rosters. They were just mediocre rosters. Some rosters get to the playoffs, maybe went around, maybe don't. Some rosters not, weren't even good enough to make the playoffs. So basically, that was the time where Kobe showed us his greatness. He showed us his greatness, how how like how much of a, a, a like how many points he can put up on the stat sheet every night every night every every night he just showed us how like the 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 gigantic score the like the gigantic scoring numbers that he can put up on a nightly basis that was that was that was what he was showing us he averaged 35 one year that was what he was showing us that was the time where he dropped 81 so he was showing us all his scoring ability and all his superstar and how he can carry the team despite not having real success. So then we enter into the next phase of Kobe's career where he finally gets that dominant big man in Pau Gasol with the Lakers trade with the Grizzlies for Pau Gasol. And, you know, Pau Gasol, in my, in my, in my book, Pau Gasol, Pau Gasol is a future Hall of Famer. He's a future Hall of Famer. Skilled big, skilled big men overseas um, can shoot it, can handle it, can do a lot of things. So Kobe finally gets him. Phil Jackson comes back. Uh, they, you know, they get a young Andrew Bynum. You know, then the, the other pieces that you know Lamar Odom. The other pieces that the Lakers will put him and surround him. You know, they put around him. That's what that would that would then lead to the Lakers getting back to the finals, seeing three straight finals appearances, and and then back to back titles, and that would be the last of Kobe's like championship days. Those those rosters were really good. Kobe still was able to get his numbers, still put up great numbers during that stretch, and even some will argue from that 08 to 2000 from like from. 2006, 2007, 2008, 2009, 2010, in that like five, four year span, some would argue that Kobe, with the numbers he was putting up in the production, the offensive production, um, and him just showing how much of a star he was in LA, some would argue 
Kobe at that time was the best player in basketball. Now, as his championship window closed, uh, and, you know, Gasol would eventually get older, Derek Fisher would eventually get older, those role players would get banged up, I, Andrew Bynum had knee problems that would then, you know, in his career, essentially, that is the, the downspout of the Lakers organization, and since recently, that is what they have resurrected from. Um, that that whole year span, those those years where they were they they weren't necessarily underachieving, but they were underachieving to Lakers standards and to Kobe standards. And you know, a lot of people. I remember that time because a lot of people got mad at Kobe when 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 they threw the money when the Lakers threw the money at him. A lot of a lot of people got mad at Kobe. When the Lakers, they get you know they 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 gave him, they offered him the contract, a big time twenty. I think it was like I think it was worth like twenty plus million dollars. It was a twenty plus. It was a twenty. Let me get the exact numbers, but it was a twenty. Uh, it was a twenty plus odd, you know, contract offer that the Lakers offered him, and he took it. But some criticized Kobe for hey, not why not why not why not. Save some of that money for your, for your, um, for your team to actually get in the salary cap, and it was it was twenty five million. He took the he, you know he took the he took the all he took more he took all, a lot of money, you know in the year 2013, 30 million, uh, four, 2014, 23 million, 2015, 25 million. Kobe at that that the, those last few years he took a lot of he. he he held he held up a lot of the Lakers' salary cap, and a lot of people out of LA they handled that and conducted that. But Kobe, out on his way out of the door, he finished off with a sixty-point game. Um, it, it, it was it's such an amazing career, and people I think and realize how Kobe like how good Kobe was. We all realized that. But if you just go back and look at some of his like his some of his biggest statistical years, it's actually amazing to see the things that he did um, as far as offensively. And then we all know how like how high how high of a basketball IQ that he had. I think it's absolutely amazing that to say that we had this guy for twenty years. It's amazing. Um, it's it, it, it's 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 quite amazing to say that you had a guy like this for twenty odd years, and he was seventeen, um, and you watched him grow into a father. That I mean, that it, it's amazing, and his story is amazing. Um, you know, obviously, you wish that you could have saw him a little bit longer after basketball because the things he was doing post basketball was also like amazing to watch and see and how that was going to unravel and his daughter not to mention his daughter Gianna how that was going to how her unraveled um in her growth and in 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 her skills so it's just an amazing it's an amazing life and story but a tragic ending um but it's okay it's okay i think that was an eye opener to the world Wake up. Let's wake up. Let's 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 stay woke. Um it's just it's it was just, it's just a huge eye opener. You know, and it's 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 bad. It's sad that, you know, good people are often taken off this earth, but that's usually that's usually a sign. That's a sign. Um but such a great career, such a story career for a story franchise. Um, wish the best for the Bryant family and those other victims that were involved in those families that, you know, the, that, you know, the victims of those families that were involved. Um, yeah, sad, 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 sad tragedy. But I just wanted to highlight the amazing career because we did, we did a little bit of it the last podcast, last episode, but like, you know, you can't put a time stamp on these things. You can't put a time limit on these things. You know, you know, on these type of things. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta acknowledge it. You gotta spend time in talking about it and breaking it down. Um, it, it's such a such a great 
life and career. Um, I'll be back. I'll be back on the other side to discuss some Super Bowl things, Patrick Mahomes analysis. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna dig in a little bit deeper. We're getting deeper and deeper and deeper as time is dwindling down to the Super Bowl. We're a few days away. I'll be back. Okay, we're back from the previous segment. So you know how these last few weeks, uh, or a couple weeks ago, where I basically said, hey, Patrick Mahomes' AFC dominance is just beginning. It's just beginning, uh, and he's going he's gonna to continue to dominate the AFC and the AFC teams in the postseason. I, you know, I said that a couple, I said that about two weeks ago. So, you know, these last few days, as we're entering, as we're inching closer towards the Super Bowl, you know, analysts have been coming out saying, hey, Patrick Mahomes is going to win four and five Super Bowls. And I'm like, oh, now we're all of a sudden on the Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> He's going to win multiple Super Bowls. And sometimes it's a, you got to be cautious with, like, trying to predict these dynasties and what, you know, what certain players or teams might do as far as championships championship aspirations because a lot of things happen a lot of variables and a lot of things have to happen um in order for you to even get to a super bowl that's why i kind of find it quite amazing that lebron was was able to capture was able to get to eight consecutive nba finals um that that's nearly almost a decade of reaching nba finals um, I think you, you, you a lot have to go your way. A lot of luck has to be on your side, especially especially concerning with health. A lot has to be on your side to 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 have eight consecutive trips to the NBA Finals. And I think my, I'm not I'm not saying Mahomes gonna have eight eight consecutive trips to the Super Bowl. But if you do look at his path, if you look at his path, and this is why I'm not mad at analysts for making such uh, bold predictions. Now, um, I'm not. I'm not mad at the fact that hey, we're saying Patrick Mahomes is going to dominate the AFC because I've said it. I think he is, and I'm not mad at the fact that we're saying hey, P- Patrick Mahomes he could possibly win four or five Super Bowls or get to four to five Super Bowls appearances. Not mad at it at all because if you look at the AFC, the, I'm looking at the the format of the AFC. Um, the AFC, I see, I see two quarterbacks that I, besides Patrick Mahomes, I see two quarterbacks that I really love. The two quarterbacks that I really love, Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson. Uh, besides Lamar, I mean, besides Patrick Mahomes, these are the two quarterbacks that I really love. Um, now if you look at, if you look past that, because we all know, and um, the reason why I mentioned quarterbacks, because Quarterback play is essentially what what gets you what gets you playoff wins and Super Bowl appearances and Super Bowl wins. We all know that. So let's let's get that. That's why I'm mentioning the quarterbacks. But um, I, and you know you don't want to count out Brady, but whatever Brady goes, it, he has probably one or two more years left. So, but I'm talking about look, Mike. I'm talking about more long term. Lamar and Deshaun Watson are going to be there. But then I, I look past then I'm like I'm, I look past those two quarterbacks I'm like I like Josh Allen I think he has a lot of talent a lot of arm talent it would take it would take Buffalo to get like a Buffalo would have to have a really good roster to support him with for him to like for them to be a Super Bowl contender it's, you know and when I say by like a better roster I mean some more offensive weapons 
a little bit. I think they need to become a little bit more versatile. And I talked about this a little bit with with Super Bowl windows. I talked about this briefly, but since now it's a big conversation, and we're in, you know some analysts are predicting Mahomes to win three or four Super Bowls. Let's just look at the outlook of the AFC, and you you compare it to the NFC and the AFC. Me, I think the, I like the NFC. I like I like a lot of teams in the NFC. In the AFC, I don't particularly like. I don't I don't love a lot of you know these teams in the AFC. Uh, Kansas City is 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 the one that really sticks out in Baltimore. But I think Houston. Now let me just go through this. Deshaun Watson and Houston. I mentioned his name. I think Deshaun Watson. He's a great player. He 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 is Houston. He's the franchise. But I have questions about Bill O'Brien as a coach and him being the general manager. Because I don't I don't particularly like how they've been ran these last few years. And now with Bill O'Brien, I question his judgment. Now, like, like, and like I've been saying, every time I bring up the Texas and Bill O'Brien, Bill O'Brien, I always say, I'm a bad coach because he has three consecutive seasons where he wins the Now, Bill O'Brien, I like him as a coach, but and he wins 10 games on a yearly basis, but I question his judgment at times. I question his judgment at times. Um... He like the call against Kansas City, the fake punt. I did. I didn't understand that call. You're up twenty four seven. You're you're on your you're in your own territory. The previous drive possession, the Kansas City, Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, they go down and score blazing quick. Why not? Why put your de- Why put your defense that that's struggling? Uh, why put your defense in such a bad situation like that? I do question. It's it's it's, it's calls like that where I question. Like I mentioned a couple weeks ago, the Texans for the next few years, for the next couple years, don't have a first or second round draft pick. So I wonder how how that's gonna fare and shape out with them and their drafting in the next few years. I question that, and I question the player development because I look at this roster of the Texans. It's it's not a great roster. They got they got they got some nice players at some at some at a few positions, but as far as the overall roster, I don't love it for the Texans. So I, I question Bill O'Brien and Deshaun Watson. He's great. He's amazing, but he's he, he he's like Superman. He's Superman, and sometimes all you don't need to be Superman all the time. Sometimes you need to be Clark Kent. I don't think Deshaun Watson. Uh, at times, he does a little bit too much. He does a little bit too much of improvising. He needs sometimes. He sometimes needs to instead of being Superman, he needs to be Clark Kent instead of being Superman all the time. Now, when it's time to make that big play, that big throw that we all know Deshaun Watson can make, and and he does it at a consistent rate, do it. But sometimes there's a time and a place to be Clark Kent. Clark Kent and. He he has to understand th- those times, and with the roster around him, I don't think he never will. Because I think he would all. Th- I think the Texans w- for the next few years will lack some, some at some spots, at some key spots offensively. I think they will lack, and that will hurt Deshaun Watson as far as his uh, as far as his understanding as you know being a franchise guy and being the guy and happen to make these big plays at certain types of moments similar to Lamar Jackson but Lamar I trust Baltimore front office and coaching staff a little bit more um because they they, they look, the the Ravens have shown the ability to draft well and to put and to put the the, the correct pieces around Lamar but some but some Analysts, some guys around the league, some GMs, some some aficionados around the league do question Lamar Jackson and like how long is the league? How long is it going to take for defenses within the league to catch on to Lamar Jackson? 
and that and that that RPO, that read option run game of the Ravens. How long is that going to take? It, you, and like I said, I mentioned my stuff, Lamar. I think it's. I think it. I think it could last. But it's important. It's imperative of Lamar Jackson that he becomes a better thrower of the football, especially outside the hashes. Outside the hashes, he has to become a better pocket passer outside the hashes. Now in the middle of the field, he's very accurate. But if you go look at his numbers this 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 past season, where he was absolutely phenomenal. He, he had trouble passing and throwing the ball accurately down the field. I think, so that, those are my two questions. But, I mean, like, look at the NFC. The NFC, you have Russell Wilson in his prime. Aaron Rodgers still has some good years left. You know, the Cowboys going to have talented rosters. Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz and the Eagles, they have talented rosters, and they, I, I trust their front office. Uh, you know, the Vikings, they have a good roster. I don't know, you know, their window might be short for a championship. Uh, New Orleans with Sean Payton and Drew Brees. You know, Brees probably has another year or so. But I feel like there's more than the 49ers and then the Rams. You're forgetting about teams. You forget about teams that didn't make the playoffs in the NFC. Chicago still has a, 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 a strong defense. So you're looking at some teams in the NFC and like, yeah, it's a dogfight in the NFC, but I look at the AFC, I only love two teams going, like, as far as long-term, going into the future, I love only two teams so far, Kansas City and Baltimore, but I like Houston, I like the, I like some of the pieces that they have, but uh, Bill O'Brien's the GM, unquestionable, and, and Deshaun Watson, his development as, as you know, as a mature Playmaking, like, you know, mature decision-making. Can he mature up in his decision-making and, you know, when it's time to make that big play and when it's time and when it's not time to make it? Can he mature in that aspect? But as far I love two quarter, I love three quarterbacks, Lamar, Deshaun Watson, and Patrick Mahomes. Now, these other guys like Josh Allen, Sam Donald, Baker Mayfield, they still got a lot to show me. And their their organizations, especially the Browns and the Jets, they still have a lot to show me personally. So I, I, I happens and where it goes from here, as far as the AFC, you know, format and who's out there to stop the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. But then there's some people on the other side of the argument where it's like, well, Patrick Mahomes, he's a big time player, and he's gonna get his money. And with the NFL salary cap, I always talk about this, the NFL salary cap, it limits what you can do. And if you pay Patrick Mahomes $40 million a year, that, that is a good percentage of the Chiefs' salary cap. And many tend to think that this may be Patrick Mahomes' best team that he might play for for the rest of his career because he's going to take up a lot of the salary cap possibly after this year. After this year, going into the offseason, if the Chiefs decide, hey, you're the guy, of course you're the guy, you're the franchise guy, we're going to pay you $40 million a year, the Chiefs are good. That, 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 that's going to be a burden. And it's not a bad thing because Patrick Mahomes is the best player in football, but it also limits you in what you can do as far as other areas of your football team. But this is why you pay a guy like Patrick Mahomes, and this is why he's so great because he can overcome certain uh, liabilities or certain holes in your roster. He can overcome these things. But some tend to think this may be the best roster that Patrick Mahomes have. I tend to think with Patrick Mahomes and his super talent. You know some of these key players that you that that people that other analysts are referring are, are referring to or drawing back to. Some of these guys already are already on their contracts. They have like two three years left on their contract already. But uh, some of these positions you got you got to make them interchangeable. You get, similar to what New England does. You got to make them interchangeable. And Kansas City historically, these, I mean, as long as I've been living, they they have. They have often drafted well. They haven't. They 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 often draft well. Kansas City often draft well. And with Andy Reid and the offensive mastermind that he is, I like that couple 
Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes for years to come. So, yeah, I do agree with the fact that Patrick Mahomes does have a chance to win three, four Super Bowls. Looking at the AFC and how it's going and where it's going in current teams and situations right now. Yes, I do like his chance to win three or four Super Bowls because... Look at look look who's in the AFC and he's by far he's he's the best quarterback and player in football. So I, I like his chances to win um some super a couple Super Bowls and hell he might start this Sunday with winning one his first one. Um and and some people even go back to last year where some people think you know if D four isn't if D four isn't offsides Kansas City advances to the Super Bowl and some people think that Kansas City. Beat they 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 would beat uh the Rams so it's all it's all up in the air. Um, Mahomes should have two Super Bowl appearances in his pocket already. He doesn't, but it's gonna be interesting to see what goes on and what transpire. And I was just thinking about it. I'm like, hey, Brady's older. Uh, Eli's gone. Rivers has parted ways with the Chargers. Ben Roethlisberger, he has a le- he you know he has a few years left. Drew Brees has. A couple years left. If these are the new guns. These are the new guns. Your Patrick Mahomes, your Carson Wentz, your Deshaun Watson, your Lamar Jacksons. These are the guys that's going to carry on the next era of the NFL as far as the quarterbacks. It's amazing to see. It's amazing to watch. Uh, I'm going to be back with more after this quick break. <clears throat> Okay, so I'm back. Um, let me tell you something about drafting because we have the NFL draft, NFL draft coming up um, in late April. Um, and then now we, you know, since Zion has come, has returned and made his NBA debut, and John Morant has looked so good this regular season. And then you know, later in the later in during the summertime, we have the NBA draft. And then not to mention, Kyle Shanahan talks about how he passed up on Patrick Mahomes with the second overall pick. That then leads me to this. When we, when we, when we look at these collegiate players, when we look at these, these collegiate players, there's a lot of information. There's a lot at our disposal. But sometimes, you know, even the, even the greatest coaches, like... Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, one of the best, he's probably the best young coach in football. And Bill Belichick, like, take this for, for example. Bill Belichick and the Patriots have not done a good job with drafting. I pointed that out, uh, I pointed that out uh, a while ago. About how the, pay, about, uh, about, since the, re- I think regular season, the regular season, I pointed how, I pointed out how, the Patriots in the last four years in their draft and drafting, they haven't done a good job. They just haven't. They just not. They've just they've just not done a good job when it comes to drafting the right guys, especially in the last four years. So even Bill Belichick, who many who many consider the the, the best coach in football, has had, he he has problems drafting. And like you just don't you 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 have a lot of information at your disposal, but to, but to predict whether or not this player is going to be a Hall of Fame talent or Hall of Fame or he's going to have Hall of Fame production, or this guy is going to change the league, or this guy is going to save our franchise or 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 our organization, it's a huge risk and. It, it, you have to sometimes you have to strike gold and be lucky. That's why I think matches, especially in NFL, where it 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 it, 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 it intertwines. Matches in the NFL intertwines, and it's all about the perfect match. And with Mahomes, I, I've talked about this a couple times already, but with Mahomes, Andy Reid is a good match 
offensive mastermind that likes to throw the ball. A guy, a kid in Mahomes that has tremendous arm talent. Yes, I'm sure every scout, every GM, I'm sure every scouting crew saw Patrick Mahomes' arm talent and the throws he could make. I'm sure. But just because you can make all the throws doesn't mean you're going to be a guy that's able to lead a franchise. Jay Cutler made all the throws. Jay Cutler had good, he had great arm talent. Jay Cutler threw a pretty ball. But Jay Cutler, he's Jay Cutler. Matthew Stafford, he he throws a pretty ball. Matthew Stafford's deep ball is so pretty. And he has it has good touch with it. He has the he has the the proper measurables. But name the big game that Matthew Stafford has won. When 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 the last time Matthew Stafford won his division? So you can have all the measurables and you can have the arm talent. There's more to being a, a a superstar quarterback. There's more to being the guy that changes the league. There's more to that. You have to have more elements to elements. You have to add more elements to that. And where you go and where you get drafted plays a role in that. And, you know, I look at guys like Brady that goes in the sixth round. The Warriors dynasty. Draymond was a, was a what? Was Draymond was a second round? Draymond was a second round pick? Curry was the seventh pick. Curry had, uh, Curry had a, um, a few point guards. Yeah, a few guards drafted ahead of him. Klay Thompson went 11th. Curry and Klay went to small Division I schools. They went to small Division One schools and brands. Curry went to Davidson. Clay Thompson went to Washington State. Joe Montana was the third round. He was a third rounder. You just never know. You never know what you what what you're getting. Lamar Jackson slipped. Baltimore drafted one player. They drafted a guy before they drafted Lamar in the first round. You just ne- you you never know how things fare, you know. I, I, it's not a lot of number one picks. It, it was it, it, like it's not a lot of guys in college or that you know that comes out of high school, and you're like, that's the number one pick. He is absolutely the best player in this class, and he's gonna change the league. He's gonna change the organization. He he, he he's a, he's gonna be a superstar. I don't I I haven't seen a lot of those guys in the draft. I've seen a, I've seen a few in my time. I'm I, I only seen a few. I seen uh, I think Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck was certainly one of those guys coming out of college, coming out of Stanford, where it was like, yeah, he's the number one pick. He has the measurables. He has the size. He has the leadership qualities. He has all of he has all of the qualities that says star quarterback. You had to take him number one. Anthony Davis. Had all of the measurables, all the qualities. Tall, lanky guy, shot blocker, rim protector. He has the he has the potential to be the greatest power forward of all time. LeBron James, exceptional talent, exceptional talent. There's a story out about how LeBron James played his first NBA career game, and after he played his first NBA career game, Larry Bird famously told. Of a reporter, Larry Bird said, "There's no way that guy is not a Hall of Famer." Larry Bird, Larry Bird, after LeBron's first NBA career game at Larry Bird, after that game, said, "It's no way this guy is not a future Hall of Famer." After the first game, <laughs> but. Like, Patrick Mahomes, it's so hard to take a risk on these guys. It's so hard. And you know, you, you have all the numbers and you have film in front of you. You know, sometimes you have, a, you have a few years of film and watch the player develop, you know, throughout their college years. But you never really know what you're getting. And as a franchise, you got to be smart enough. You got to have enough faith. You got to have some risk taking. You got to you got to have all of those factors to be able to make the right decision and might call on draft day. And you know, a lot of you know, Kyle Shanahan he talked about how he passed up on Patrick Mahomes and yeah, the film looked good, 
but you really never, you quite don't know what you're getting. And at that time, I mean, for the 49ers to take Patrick Mahomes at the second overall pick, it, it would be, it, it would have been crazy. It would have been looked at as a crazy move. Why are you taking a guy at Texas Tech out of at the second, you know, with the second round pick? Why? With, I mean, with the second overall pick, why are you doing that? Why? Why? <laughs> that would have been crazy if they would have did that. But I mean, now that we now that we're here and he's Patrick Mahomes and he's he has a, a league MVP and he's in the Super Bowl and at, at just at, oh yeah. Of course, he's the first player that would have been gone in the draft. But it all it, it doesn't all work out like that. Like I think it's all about is this certain about is this something about perfect situation, perfect matches, perfect location. Like Patrick Mahomes, I, he's a he's a phenomenal talent. He's a great talent. I'll, you guys already know. You guys have heard me speak on his talent and how talent talented of a guy he is. But if Patrick Mahomes goes to Cleveland, do you think he's having the same amount of success as he's having right now? He'll be on his fourth head coach. He have a he 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 have a crazy owner. He'll be on his second GM. He'll have some he, schematically things wouldn't be the same because he doesn't have the proper coaching. Like, do you guys think? Patrick Mahomes would be as good as he is if he was with the Cleveland Browns. No, no, he. I mean, he wouldn't. He wouldn't have thrown fifty touchdowns with the Cleveland Browns. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, you know, schematically things would not have been the same. You know, organizational and structure wise things wouldn't have been the same. They would have rushed them. You, you know, instead of you know, similar to what Kansas City did. You know, they let him. They let can't. They let Patrick Mahomes sit out for one year. Cleveland would have rushed them onto the field. Their his first year, and he would look. He would have looked bad. <laughs> he, it's no way he would have been this good. And you know, Pat, I think it's all about per- situations and matches. Situations and matches. You know, there's a certain type of guy that can thrive in any circumstance. And, you know, any circumstance you put him in, you, and it depends on the sport because it's a little different in football. Like football, it's more reliant on coaching and schemes and, you know, that type of stuff and philosophies and the roster you have around you and the, the O line and protection. It, it's, a, it's a lot of things, a lot, it's a lot of moving parts and variables. But in basketball, it's a lot easier. Get the guy that ball. Let him dominate. He's the, he's probably the best player on the floor. More times than lying, he, he's gonna he's gonna win you the game. But in, with this drafting, you know, with with some drafts coming up, and with Zion playing now and John Moran, and some people are questioning should the Pelic should have the should the Pelicans have taken um John Moran? It's like. You never, you never know these things. You, you, you can have, you have a lot of information. You got the highlight tape. You got the highlight reels in front of you. You got all the film. You can break it down. You can be critiqued that you, you can, you can critique the kid. You can do all the things you want, but you just never know when it comes to drafting the right guy. You never know. You never know if this is, if, if this is going to be the league, if, if this is going to be the guy that changed the league. I've seen, I've watched the NBA have so many guys on certain platforms where, oh, like, this guy's going, like, I've seen the NBA, you know, many NBA writers t- used, to, used to tell me, Blake Griffin's going to change the league. When Blake Griffin was playing for the Clippers, so many NBA writers used to write, Blake Griffin's going to be the best player in the league. Derrick Rose is going to be the best player in the league. They used to write that type of stuff. That's what NBA writers use. The, the, Blake Griffin's going to change the game. Blake Griffin's going to change the league. No, instead, Blake Griffin's position doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> the power forward position doesn't exist anymore. Because <laughs> of Steph Curry. <laughs> so these NBA writers, they kill me. They kill me. Especially the NBA writers. The NBA writers, you know, they, they, they kill me. They always say... 
I'm like, I, I, I'm just, I, I'm just sitting here waiting. I'm like, so when is he going to change the league? Like, remember the, remember the polls came out a couple. I think this was last year. They said Carl Anthony Towns is everybody. I think it was a, it was a, it was a survey with the executives and the GMs around the league. And I think like it, it's, it was the question: Who would you build your franchise around? And a lot of I think the the player that got the most votes was Carl Anthony Towns, and I was like, I'm I, I'm still waiting for Carl Anthony Towns to like change the league. Meanwhile, Carl Anthony Towns and the Minnesota Timberwolves <laughs> they're the second to last team in the West. That. <laughs> They're the, they're, they're the second to last team in the West, but this is the same guy that GMs and executives around the league saying franchise around Carl Anthony Towns. <laughs> they kill me. These, especially the NBA writers. As soon as we're done with this Super Bowl, I'm coming for a lot of these NBA writers because I've been I've been seeing the junk that they write. I mean, some of it's not. And no, let me not say that. Because some of the NBA writers are good. Some of the NBA writers are good. They give us great insight. They, put, they point out some good, insightful things. Great. But some NBA writers be over their head. They're sometimes they're heels over heels with some of these players in the league. Like, they used to tell me, change the league. They, they literally used to say that. But I'd be, I'd be waiting. And I'm like, this guy has no post game, has no jumper. Like, when is he going to, how is he going to wreck the league? Because he's athletic? <sighs> I don't see it. I don't see it. Instead, his position is is extinct. His position in the NBA is extinct. So, it's like, uh, he, he's going to change the league? No. He, he He's going to be out the league. <laughs> like, and Blake Griffin, don't get me wrong. I, think, I like Blake Griffin, but Blake Griffin, he, 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 he wasn't going to change the game. He wasn't going to change the league. He wasn't going to wreck the league. Um... But I cannot wait till the NBA, till the NFL season over. But we got that. We going. We going. We uh. We got that Super Bowl. I cannot wait for the Super Bowl. But I've been seeing some of these NBA writers and what they've been writing. Um, like I said, it's not all of them, but it's it's it, it, it's a good. It's a it's a portion of them that write and that write this junk about some of these players. And I know it, the NBA is a it's a. a a friendly game. It's a player-friendly league. We, you know, we try to wrap our arms around stars, and we do su- we do it at such a young age, where they're at the AAU stage. But it's like, give me a break. Can we just can we just be honest for a minute? Can we just be honest? I mean, if the guy doesn't work out, the guy doesn't work out. The guy's not a superstar. The guy's not a superstar. No biggie. But don't don't tell me he's the next LeBron James. Don't tell me he's the next Michael Jordan. Don't tell me that. Uh, you know. But you just like I'm saying. I just don't want. I just want to point this out here as we have upcoming drafts coming up, like the NFL draft, the NBA draft. Sometimes we have late bloomers. So in the in, in the league, there's late bloomers. Especially let's like take for instance the quarterback position in NFL. You have late bloomers and you have guys that 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 just pops automatically. Patrick Mahomes first game starting, he popped. He popped off your television screen because he was a prolific pocket passer and like a good dual threat quarterback. He, he I don't I, I don't like the term dual threat, but he was a good quarterback that could improvise. He popped right off your television screen. There's other guys like Russell Wilson who has come a long way, um, started off with a good roster, but now he's well within his prime, and he's a late bloomer, and he he shines. Jimmy Garoppolo, a late bloomer, played behind Brady a little for for some years, got some great experience, um, you know, got some good experience in the Super Bowl, found he's, he's first year starting. He he's wonderful, he's wonderful. Some you know so some of those guys like Deshaun Watson, early bloomers, early bloomers, guys that pop right off your television screen. You know, first time you saw Lamar, 
Baltimore Ravens, even though he could, you know, they didn't throw much, he he pops off your television screen. Same thing with Dak. Even though you know Dak got his, he, he he you know I don't he he's not the talent that some of these guys are. But even Dak, his rookie year came out with a with a pop. He he came out with a certain pop. So like with, with the NFL, especially at the quarterback position, there there's there's some there's multiple routes. There is. The guy that that the, the early the early bloomers the guys that their first game that they're starting or the first season that they're starting they just automatically pop and fit right into the system, and there's other guys that it takes a year or two for them to really develop the system, and they may not have all of the personnel, all of the correct personnel surrounding them, and it takes them a while, but eventually they pop and they're 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 fine. Brady, it took. It, he wasn't an early bloomer. Brady relied on his defense and coaching, but as Brady c- continued to get older and get better, Brady, Brady, Brady popped and he became one of those late bloomers. So it's either you're an early bloomer, late bloomer, but but you, you sometimes the personnel offensively for a quarterback isn't all the way there. You know, for the late bloomers, for the early bloomers. You have all of the personnel. You got the right coaching. You got the right culture. You have the right players. You're you you just pop instantly right into the league. Um, so you know, th- just keep that in mind as we have drafts coming up. We're gonna you, you know we got combines coming up. You you guys you gotta keep this in mind. Um, you know, fans of your team, you gotta keep this in mind. Don't go crazy. Don't we always do it every year with the draft? Don't go crazy. When the you know, you know the Lakers drafted Kyle Kuzma, and you know he was Kyle Kuzma was in that draft class with Lonzo Ball. Who would have thought Kyle Kuzma would have been the third option on a on a Laker team now that's destined for a deep playoff run? Who would have thought that three years ago, three four years ago? Who would have thought that? Who would have thought that the twenty seventh pick that the Lakers traded, you know, traded with the Nets? Who would have thought that? Kyle Kuzma would be the third option on a team that's destined to make a championship run. Nobody would have thought that, but that's just what happens. Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard's the best two-way player in basketball. He wasn't a lottery pick. Kawhi wasn't a lottery pick. So, sometimes you have late bloomers. Kawhi is one of those late bloomers. Play in the system, but play around, played around Hall of Famers. Those Hall of Famers get older. Pop relies more on Kawhi. Kawhi Blossoms now. Kawhi is the best two-way player in basketball, and some would argue Kawhi is the best player in basketball. So it just—it's just—it's just how the way—it's just how the way it goes. Don't get mad of if you're a fan. You know, fans. I know fans can be a little bit fanatic. That's what—that's what fans stand for. It's short for fanatics. So I know fans can get crazy about their team and who they draft and who they thought they would draft and why did we not pick this guy? Don't overreact. <clears throat> Do not overreact. I'll be back on the next segment to discuss Hall of Fame. What, what what credentials do you need to make it to the Hall of Fame? I'll discuss more about that. Okay, so lastly, um, I got um two things <clears throat> that I want to tackle in this last segment <clears throat> before I let you guys go. Um, so Deion Sanders comes out with the comment and says, "Hey, it's basically it's too easy nowadays to make the Hall of Fame." You guys know where I stand with Eli Manning making it the Hall of Fame. I think he'll make it. Um, with him being one of the bigger, with him being probably with associated <laughs> with. The biggest name and last name in football, the Manning last name. Um, I think he'll make it off the strength. Uh, it, it certainly now, like I said, it does certainly help when your when your older brother is Peyton Manning, and you play for the Giants. It does certainly help. But like I said, I think you know Dion. According to Dion, this is this is a paraphrase, but according to Dion Sanders, 
you have to be elite at your position. You have to be, you have to change your position. You have to change the game with the way how you play your position. I mean, I get that point. I get that opinion. That's his opinion. And it's kind of crazy that <laughs> I'm coming for a, 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 a guy that made the Hall of Fame. And he surely is a Hall of Famer. But I just think in my, I mean, in my book, I feel like there's multiple ways to make the Hall of Fame. Um, I, I talked about it with Eli. I think there's you can be the guy that dominated for a, a, a brief stretch, similar to Sandy Koufax. Sandy Koufax was probably in a five-year span. I don't think you can give me another pitcher with the same five-year span or was as dominant as Sandy Koufax in a five-year span. I don't think you can. I don't think you can with the with with numbers, stats, and winning. I don't think you can with you know with those two with the with those two elements and the combination of that. I don't think you can give me another pitcher within like a five to six year window was that dominant. I don't know. I, <laughs> you you point him out to me. I think Sandy Koufax at that time in that five year span was the best pitcher in baseball. So you can be that type of player who dominate for a brief stretch, but that you know that brief stretch that you dominated was like all time domination. It was like all time type stuff. Uh, I think you could be the guy that that's a stat monster, similar to the guy that dominated briefly. But you could be the stat monster. You can be the guy that played for a historical franchise. That brunk that was a critical part to championships. Now, yeah, same thing with Derek Jeter. I think D- Derek Jeter is a Hall of Famer, but it certainly did help Derek Jeter playing for the Yankees. It did help. It, it helped. It it, it it buffers his case for the Hall of Fame playing and winning championships for the Yankees. Yes, it does. It does strengthen his case for the Hall of Fame, and I think he is a Hall of Famer. Now, if he would have played for the Cincinnati Reds or, you know, somebody like the Seattle Mariners, okay, you got a point. But he played for the Yankees. Same thing with Eli. If Eli would have played for the Cincinnati Bengals and didn't win a title and career record was 117-117, okay, I get it. But he played for the Giants, a a, a notable franchise in the NFL, uh, in New York, and beat and, and look who he beat. He beat the greatest dynasty of all time, you know, in football, and the greatest code of quarterback and the greatest coach. How can I mean? How can you just? I don't know how people can just automatically dismiss that. I don't know. I don't know. But a lot of people are talking about the 49ers and how they're going to stop Kansas City in their offense. But a lot of people have not been talking about. How are the Kansas City Chiefs going to stop the 49ers offense and run game? How are they going to stop the 49ers run game? Like I said, I think the 49ers, I, I'm, like I said, I'm going to give you guys my pick. I'm going to give you guys my pick on the next episode. But I think the 49ers, the element, the one of the ingredients for them to win, another ingredient for them to win is to buy is to easily take the lead. Take the lead. The 49ers, if they want to win this game, if they want to find a way to win this game easily, take a, build the lead. Because I think if the 49ers is if they're able to get an early lead and they're forcing Kansas City to throw the ball and then that leads to their D-line able to rush and blitz. I like that formula for the 49ers. I like that formula. But many people are talking about how the 49ers are going to stop the Kansas City Chiefs. But a lot of people, they're forgetting that the Chiefs are going to have to stop the 49ers too. So it's going to be a great battle. I have more analysis and breakdown for you guys this up this next podcast um, that's coming up. That would be the podcast before, right before the right before Super Bowl Sunday. I am so excited um this is the matchup that we wanted this is the matchup that we got um I, I, i'm happy i am happy and I, yeah i'm not in miami but i'm happy i'm gonna be watching the game i'm gonna be hosting a little get together for the super bowl 
so um, I, I cannot wait to watch this Super Bowl, to watch this game, to see how it plays out. I have my pick for you guys before the Super Bowl. The day before the Super Bowl, I will have my pick for you guys. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. But see you guys on see you guys the next time. Thank you guys for clicking. It's been real. It's been good. Uh, it's it's cold. This has been cold. It's been really chilly this week in DC. I don't know wherever wherever you guys are. Now if you guys are in LA, Miami, God bless you guys. You you guys are getting good weather. But up here in DC, or uh, you know if you're if you're further up north, God bless you as well because you're, you, you 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 it's even colder probably. So. Um, <laughs> it's been cold in D.C. Wrap up. Stay wrapped up. Um, get ready for Super Bowl Sunday. Stay, stay safe. Uh, drink responsibly. I don't drink, of course. Um, so, see you guys later. Two choices, one decision. I'm out. Deuces. Two choices, one decision.